Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody raise your hands and let's worship God. Speak in other tongues if you can. Raise your voice and let's speak to God. Let's worship Almighty God. Let's worship the Creator of heaven and earth. Let's extol Him. God, we exalt your holy name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid. Oh, oh, oh. 
grace beyond perfection. There is a place beyond perfection. There is a place beyond perfection. He says the word of God is exceedingly broader than all perfection. Somebody raise your hand in the air. I feel the Spirit of God wants to release something. <laughs> See, somebody here is beginning from a place beyond perfection. Are you ready to receive it? Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, power! Start to bring them here. Start to bring them here. Beyond perfection. God is introducing you to a world broader than perfection. You're going to function above things men define to be perfect. And the Bible is very clear that you may examine the things that are excellent. In other words, you're going to be above perfection. That's why you're going to be able to examine the perfect things. Start to bring them here. Start to bring them here. Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all the fathers, all our fathers, Paul says, all our fathers were under the cloud. All our fathers were under the cloud. All of them were under the cloud. And all passed through the sea. All of them passed through the sea. Hallelujah. Next verse. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did drink from the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But the Bible says in the next verse, but with many of them God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says in the sixth verse, he says, Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. Somebody say amen. These guys went everywhere. They were our fathers. The Bible says they all were under the cloud. And Paul says, I pray you're not ignorant. He's trying to deal with an ignorance issue in the church. He said, these guys, all of them were under the cloud. All of them passed through the sea. 
All of them were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And they all did drink the same spiritual drink. Which is Christ. But the Bible says, but God was not pleased with many. Hallelujah. Because they were overthrown in the wilderness. 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 Now, when Paul says, our brother, that we are not ignorant, and he says that these are just examples, there's something bigger he's trying to show us. There's something way bigger that he's trying to tell us today. To remove the sudden ignorance out of your spirit, and that knowledge shall come, that you don't perish in the wilderness. Praise the Lord Jesus. The wilderness has a degree of freedom. Praise the Lord. When the children of Israel were in bondage, some, a big number of them were in captivity in, in Egypt for so long. When Moses helped them cross into the wilderness, it was a degree of freedom. They had left darkness to light. But they were not in there in God's ordained place for them. God's ordained place for them was the promised land. Somebody say amen. God's ordained place for them was the promised land, not the wilderness. But there is a freedom in the wilderness. There is some freedom in the wilderness. There is some freedom in the wilderness. There is some freedom in the wilderness. And some were overthrown in that freedom. Maybe it's the manna that falls. Maybe the falling of manna was a what? Was a testimony. Why? Because they didn't need to dig anymore to eat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe the fact that they were no longer living and slave building the houses of Pharaoh, it was also a degree of freedom. That they were not now building for any man, but they were building for themselves. Maybe it was a testimony too. Hallelujah. But that was not the end line of their destiny. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Every believer, I'm going to begin this way. Every believer has a wilderness experience. Praise the Lord. Every believer has a wilderness experience. If you read through the prophets... Many of them had wilderness experiences. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. Some people think the wilderness is, is really, men who are, who are in the wilderness are really there of the devil's doing. No. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul was dealing with, when God was dealing with Paul in Damascus, after he had received the news and visitation of the Holy Spirit, opened his eyes and he went about telling people Jesus is Lord. A while ago the Bible says God carried him from Damascus and took him to Arabia, which is a desert place. When Paul came from the desert and came back to Damascus, three years goes to Jerusalem, his message had changed. When Jesus came from the wilderness, by the time he comes out, he speaks on that pulpit and he says, is this not the son of Joseph? Because he stopped looking like the son of Joseph anymore. Something had consumed him. Hallelujah. 
Wilderness experiences are there as a preparation place for us to get to other dimensions of the spirit, to deeper places in God. And every man of God will have gestations of such. In fact, the literal word for wilderness is translated as that place where God detaches you from the aid, the help, the assistance of people who know you, people who are related with you, your friends and family. That place where you are in God and you start to feel alone, yet you're not alone. That place where you're with your friends but you don't understand them anymore. Are you hearing me? You're with your husband, you love him, but you don't get him anymore. It's not that you hate him, but there's something happening to you. You're with your wife, it's not that you don't love her anymore, but there's something disturbing your spirit that goes beyond human passion. Are you hearing me? And every believer has those experiences. Every believer has those experiences. But if you're led there by the Holy Ghost, you'll come back in the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. If you're led there by the Holy Ghost, you'll come back in the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't pass wilderness tests, the promised land might be a problem. Let me read for us a story in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 13. Many of you know this story of Elijah, Elisha. I need to show you something very important. The Bible says it was so, let's begin from verse 13. And it was so when Elijah heard that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went about and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thine prophets with a sword. I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the next verse says, And the Lord said unto him, Go return unto thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, because there is something you need complete. God is taking him back where he's running from. Because there is something he had not completed in the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be the king of Assyria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi shall thou anoint to be the king of Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abemelah, whatever, shall thou be, to be an, to anoint to be prophet, he says, in thy room. And the Bible says, And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. And yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto bow, and every mouth which has not kissed him. And so he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shepherd, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelve, Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle, the Bible says, upon him. Somebody say, Amen. Say Amen again. Say Amen again. Let me start from somewhere and share with us something very important. God, thank you for utterance. Thank you for utterance. You know, your spirit can agitate things that you, words might, human words might be too limited. But I pray that by God, by the operation of the spirit, right, he will minister to you, right, beyond words that I'm speaking. Praise God. He will minister to you beyond the words that I'm speaking to. Give you that deeper language that I'm trying to communicate by the limited finite language of men, right? Um, when you look at Elijah, the Bible tells us he was the chariot and the horseman of Israel. He was a man in his own rank. That's why I tell people, when you look at Elijah, he's, 
You see, many prophets are named after their names, Ezekiel. When it gets to Elijah, he's in Kings. He had a kingly grace of him in the prophetic grace. And he was the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. That means that when you had Elijah, you didn't need an army. Are you hearing me? You just needed Elijah and you were okay. That was the level at which Elijah functioned. He was the horseman and the chariot of Israel. That's the level he was at. Praise the Lord. Now you all know that even as a prophet, there are things that were hid from him. There were things that were hid from him. For example, when he slays the Baal prophets, and Jezebel says, I will not put down my head until this fellow dies. It is hid from the prophet of God, Elijah, that there are 7,000 men which have not bowed their heads unto Baal. There was a canopy in the spirit that covered him from that knowledge. Yet he was a prophet of Almighty God. But there was something that was hid from him. Sometimes, I've gotten to realize as a man of the spirit. Sometimes, we are not, things are not hid from us. We are hid from them. I don't even understand what I'm saying. Because see, the Bible says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God, the secret place of the Most High God, in the secret, the secret places of the Most High God, we are hid somewhere. Are you hearing me? We might be uh, present, but hid. I don't know that I'm making sense. We might be present, but what? But hid. The Psalms, I think in 27 or 24, it says, In my days of trouble, you will hide me in the secret places of your tabernacle. Praise the Lord. In your pavilion, you will hide me in my time of trouble. You will hide me. Now, there was a possibility that there were 7,000 prophets in Israel because Elijah never saw them. And on the other hand, there's also a possibility that they never saw him. They were not visible to him because he was invisible to them. I don't know if that making sense. They were not visible to him because he was invisible to them. It's possible. And I'll give you an example. Even when they know that Elijah is a prophet, they look at Elijah walking with him. They say, do you know the Lord is taking your master? This was a chariot and the horseman of Israel. He was not just the master of Elijah. But he was hid from them, the real man he was. And there's a possibility that he, because he's hid from them, because they carry not the revelation of who Elijah is, there's a possibility that he's, he, they are also hid from him. Because he's hid from them. It's like truth. Truth is available for every man. But you see, it's the truth that is revealed to you that sets you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you don't know it, if it's hid from you, it will not benefit you. The Bible says that the hidden things are of God, but the revealed things are for us and our what? 
and our children. That means that we have the grace of preserving a posterity when things are revealed to us. If they are hid, they are not for us. They are of the Lord. He says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That means that the things that are revealed to you, they are for your possession, they are in your jurisdiction, to use with to preserve a posterity for you and your children's children. But if they are not revealed unto you, however much they are available and hidden in God, they will not benefit you. Elijah was not a revelation to the prophets of his day. He was a revelation to one man. On whom he cast mantle. Before he cast a mantle on Elisha, to Elisha, Elijah must have been a normal man. Are you hearing me? But there was unfinished business in the wilderness. And I'm going to come to that a bit later. I hope you're following me. So sometimes it's like God. Some people seek God and say, where is God? I don't see God. I need to see God in my life. You see, and the Bible says that he has made of all blood, all, all, all nations of one blood, that they might seek him, if happily they might feel after him, and then find him. And the Bible says, though he be not far. Can you believe it that some people think God is too far to see, yet he is too near for them. They just don't know that he's near because it's a knowledge issue. They want to find the God they don't feel after because they think seeking and finding is all it is. The pendulum doesn't swing between seeking and finding. It has the feel after. You have to feel after to find God. God is hid to men who don't feel after him, even though they seek him. Do you understand what I'm saying? God doesn't want you to seek him without understanding the way his heart is because when his heart is revealed to you, that's the beginning of you finding him. We find. Even the scriptures. The word of God cannot be revealed to a man whose, whose, whose sentiment of spirit is not attached to them. Hallelujah. For example, these things you read, which you think you just read. In the spirit, when you read in the Bible, for example, you are like a man walking in the spirit realm. When the Bible says now that you live in the spirit, walk therein also. When, when, you res when you are in the spirit, you're like someone who is walking. When you're reading the Bible, you're like someone who is walking in the spirit realm. Like right now, you're walking in the spirit realm. You're connecting things. You're remembering things. You're, 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 you're processing things. You're synchronizing things. You're siphoning in the spirit. You're sitting there physically. But in the spirit, you're walking. Because you walk by the word. It's, it's, not, see, it's the lamp unto your feet. The light unto your path. By its illumination, you find the next step of spirit. Every time I'm preaching right now to you, there are lights that are going on and those lights are leading your way. So the Bible says that I shall cause you, I shall lead you in the way which I shall choose. There is no leading except by the word of God. Because that word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto thine path. Without the word of God, you're stuck. Oh, you don't know where to go. Oh, you go the wrong way. But when the true light is shined upon your path, when the true light is shined upon your way, you easily walk. Hallelujah. Listening to the word is walking in the spirit. That is why some people don't want to hear the word. They want to just be prayed for and then they go home. Because they don't know 
That you see, it's an instruction for God to shift you from just living in the spirit into walking therein. Right now, in the spirit, you're walking. Are you hearing me? Now, if the Bible says that these words are life to them, that find them, find them, find them, it means that the life of the word of God. It's like a person who starts walking and then he starts finding something. Oh, when I was walking down the street, I found a flower. Oh, when I was walking on the, somewhere along a certain uh, place, I found a microphone. Oh, when I went to the corner of this, I found one green flower. When I went to the corner of this, I found one green flower. When I went to that, I went to that corner. When I went to this direction, I saw this. That's what happens in the spirit. We find things. We find things. We find things. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there are people who are unstable and unlearned. They don't find, they stumble on. In other words, they don't have the eyes to see. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Christ which is supposed to be the point of revelation to some is a stumbling block. Because the things they meet of in the spirit, they, they just meet by mistake and accident. But there comes a time where you stop seeing God by accident. Oh, it was by chance and then this happened. It was by chance and this happened. There has to come a time where you see and experience God by pattern. Knowing very well there are the parts in him that if I go this way, I'll find him here. If I do this, I'll do that. If I do this, he'll be in this. If I do this, I'll find him in this angle. If I can relate with him this way, he will relate with me that way. If I can do this, I will get results this way. Because God is a patterned God. Somebody say, Amen. But they like to them that find them. Not just them that hear them. Somebody's hearing me right now, but there's somebody finding things. They all ate of the same spiritual food. They drank of the same spiritual drink. But not all of them pleased God. It's possible for men to sit under the same ministry and hear the same words. And one man goes back home with results and another one goes back with nothing. Yet all of them are believers. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It is possible for you to go to church and somebody receives an invitation and you don't receive an invitation yet you're all born again and you're all believers. All of you are listening to me right now but it's not the guarantee that everybody listening to me right now is going to receive even though he willeth that no man perish because he perish because of lack of knowledge. He willeth that no man walks out without knowledge. But certain people might and could walk out without knowledge because there is a certain ignorance in them. The ignorance this time is not in line with what I'm sharing for them not to pick, but in the ability to get a hold of things spiritually, to lamban of them, to receive them in the spirit and make them yours. That is why there are people who sit in the same ministries and then you see somebody rushing up, going up the ladder and becoming so fast in everything. And another person sits in the same ministry for many years and they're the same people, same demons, same attacks, same frustration, same stress factors, same, same indifference, same thing. The same thing that disturbed her four years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, it's the same thing disturbing her right now because there's an ignorance in how to receive. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go back to Elijah. There's something I need to show you. Elijah is hid from this man. And likewise, they are hid from him. Because how can a man come to Elisha and tell him, Knowest thou that the Lord is taking your master? 
He's calling the chariot and the horseman of Israel the master of Elisha. Listen, whether these little boy prophets understood or recognized him or didn't recognize him, Elijah's star, Elijah's star lit Israel. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Elijah's star lit what? Israel. And if he had decided not to reproduce himself with another man, Israel was going to have trouble. Elijah was not just a prophet. He was the horseman and the chariot. He was the army and the horsemen of Israel. But the men which are with him, which are also prophets, do they don't know that this is the guy. He has to go to a man called Elisha. After the instruction of anointing Hazel and Jehu and Elisha, he says, he that escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu shall kill Jehu what? Elisha, right? And amazingly, you realize, when God is instructing him, Hazael, Jehu, and then Elisha, right? But when the anointing is coming, it first settles on Elisha, then Jehu, then Hazael, right? Because even though he, he said, Jehu, sorry, Hazael, Jehu, and Elisha, when the anointing began, God began with the last step. Do you understand what I'm saying? To the first. The last shall be first. Whatever that. Now, when Elisha is anointed, when Elisha receives a mantle, they cast a mantle on him. He says, let me go and say bye to my father. And family, he says, no, you don't know what was done here. You go. The guy got wisdom and didn't go. He killed the oxen and everything and then followed after Elijah. And served Elijah. Until God took him. Are we together? Now, if you read the Hebrew translation, I was studying the word mantle, that clock in some versions. That clock in some versions. The robe. Some people call it mantle. I realize that the Hebrew word has two words. And the first Hebrew word that defines this mantle, it was a place, it carried the distinction of glory, right? But in the definition of this glory, it is likened to the glory of a man's place in the spirit because of his degree of prayer. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. His degree of prayer, his relationship of prayer with God. You always read the Bible how Elijah was a man, Elijah was a man, a praying man, a very praying man, and, and a man of prayer, right? But, but the, the, the place here of glory, the, 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 the mantle in this instance defined as glory, is defined by the defined place of that man because of his degree of prayer. The place that he has of relationship with God. Elijah had a very special place with God. He had a very special place with God. He got to a point where he would wake up and say, Now, today I am choosing that I am stopping the rain. He said that my... What? He wasn't led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did prompt him. Elijah was not prophesying the stopping of rain. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. What you read in James as prayer, 
You see, he said Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six. But if you go in the Old Testament dispensation, you realize that this man's statement is at my word from today, there shall be no what? He says, Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Habit, As the Lord God of Israel, Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. The place that took him in prayer was not to stop rain. You won't get me. He didn't go to pro to God say, God, oh God, I let the rain stop. No, let the rain stop. Let this rain stop. And then he says, Now at my word, there shall not be rain. If his prayer was to stop rain, he would not have reported to Ahab that it was his word. It should have been the word of God answering his prayer for rain. Elijah's place of prayer was not for rain. To stop. His place of prayer was to attain a certain place enough for him to decrease something he wanted. I don't know if you understand. He, he wasn't praying to say, God, stop the, the rain. No, no. He, he had a place of honest prayer to achieve a certain position and degree of influence in the spirit. That when he comes out and says that there shall be no dew, no rain these years, but according to my word. It means that he was in the presence of God and achieved a certain tenacity, a certain strength, you may say. And then he comes and he says, okay, by what I'm feeling right now, if I want to stop the sun, I can stop it. If I want to make a mountain move from one place to another, I can stop it. Now at my word, there shall be no rain for three years. It wasn't a prayer to stop rain. It was a prayer to get to a certain place where he could do whatever he wants. That's the wisdom. That's the wisdom. It's called, who knows it? No, phronesis, not, not epignosis. Phronesis, not sunesis. Phronesis. It's the wisdom called phronesis. That place of phronesis is the place where you attain in God how to determine how things happen. Because you have a rightness with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a rightness with God. And that rightness carries its approval by the nature you have in God. I know some of you, your minds are not understanding. Don't worry, your spirits are getting it. Gamba Kulida, I'm getting it in, in Jesus' name. Are we together? The fronesses determine the mode of action because you behold the end in sight. Huh? There is a place where sometimes our end is our beginning. Because eternity explains time dimensions very differently. When, Elijah, when, Elijah, when Isaiah is, 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 is looking into the kingdom of glass, the mirror of the spirit, he could not say that the Christ shall be wounded for our transgressions. That it shall be bruised for iniquities. That the chastisement of our peace will be upon him. No. He sees it as a finished work. He sees the Lamb of God which was slain from the foundation of the world. When God 
takes him through the kingdom of glass. He sees the finished work. So when he says he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for iniquities. It's because when you enter eternity, the time frame of the earth is switched to past tense. Your future is the past. Your future is the past. You are not. Okay, some of you are asking God, what am I going to be in the future? But some of us have numbered our days. And we have applied our hearts to, to the wisdom of God. Your future is not suppo- is, is supposed listen. All the days of your life are revealed in God. And that God who you received, that God who you received, he knows his works from the very beginning to the end. The Bible says, known unto God are his works. From the beginning to the end, he knows what will be and what will not be. Do you understand what I'm saying? To walk into that place is not when you enter and say, okay, God, what will I be at 40? What will I be at 50? What will I be at 60? What will I be at 70? No, 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 no. That place of access is not by which we drive ourselves to inquire of God as them which are ignorant of his will. The Bible says he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. Made known unto us, but I don't know his will. You see, he has made known, but I don't know his will. No, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, that with which he has purposed in himself. Uh, 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 me, I don't know his will. See, you can say you don't know the will of God, but to God, he has made known unto you the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. Purpose. Let him to reveal to you the mystery of his will concerning your life. You cannot say that you have an action from on high and you know all things and you don't know your future. And somebody say, okay, how then do I walk in there? Very simple. Faith. <laughs> Faith. Faith. Do you have the substance of things hoped for? Do you have the evidence of things not seen? Right now you can affect your next 10 years in knowledge. If you went back to the light Uganda where I used to work, they will tell you I told them my appointment letter of my next job is going to read 1st November. And it read 1st November. And my living in the bank, I told them when, even who I was going to live in my place, before the internal advertisements came through, for somebody to take over my office. Even my time to live in DTB, it was very clear. The day I started Fanero, I knew it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It begins from a place of faith, but when you see the light of the end in the spirit, you'll be amazed that faith has eyes. I don't know who I'm talking to. from some people. Some of these words I'm saying, they are so far from some people. But don't worry if they are too far from you. Inside you, your heart. For you, your heart understands. Somebody say amen. For you, your spirit, what? Understands. I'm speaking to spirits right now. I'm not speaking to minds. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand, have faith that you understand. So, 
the, the, what eternally, when a man goes eternal, you realize that time is shrunk. Time as of the spirit is different from time of the earth. Blessed be the Lamb of God which was slain from the foundations of the earth. From the foundations of the earth. There is a man that behold that slain. He beheld Christ, not Jesus, the flesh, Christ. Moses is esteeming Christ's greater riches. Because he had respect unto the recompense. But he has not seen Christ in the flesh. Our generation is too dull in spirit that we are still seeking for Christ who dwells inside us, with whom we are supposed to now be reconciling many things as they come to our minds because our spirits carry the consistencies of the same things. Because in Him, that Christ who is in you, all things consist, which is the head of all principalities and powers. There are things that don't make sense to the Christian, yet they are supposed to make sense to the Christian. That is why he says at this time you ought not that any man teach you again. What be the first principles of the oracles of God? There are times when you ought not to be taught again. Why? You ought to be teachers. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, Elijah did not just cast a cloth on the man. He cast a place in the spirit. That's what they call impartation. He cast a place in the spirit. From that day on, Elisha started walking under a particular covering. There were certain things in his life that had to work a certain way. Because he was under a particular covering. He was under a particular unction. He was functioning under a particular glory. The star of Elijah was shining in Elisha's spirit. That did not hold back Elisha's destiny. Because he was a star too. It could only add on his gospel, like Paul says. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The impartations of Elijah on Elisha don't take away what was on Elisha. They only add on to Elisha what was on him. Because even before he met Elijah, he was a prophet. But he could have died any other prophet like any other man in Israel. But there is something that added on him and he did not die any other prophet. Because during that time it was seated on one particular guy called Elijah. Elijah, And it was for Israel. And the 7,000, they don't see it too. Because if they did, they would look for Elijah. Otherwise, their highest level of revelation would not be, the Lord is taking your master. That was the highest level of revelation. Their highest level of revelation. Mm, I see the spirit. The Lord is taking your master. This true man of God. And that's where they ended. But who was God taking? Read the sound of the prophets that well, at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, No, it's thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy, from thy head today. And he answered, Yeah, I know it. He's trying to tell them, No, that's not the place of revelation we are talking about. I am dealing with a chariot and the horseman of Israel. And indeed, when the man left and Elisha received that impartation, you realize that the other prophets stayed prophets. We just don't know their names. <laughs> See, you can be a pastor and you die a normal pastor. You can be a teacher and you die a normal teacher. You can be a prophet and you die a normal prophet. 
You can be an apostle and you die a normal apostle. You can be a worshiper and you die a normal worshiper. You can be a businessman and you die a normal businessman. You can be a mother and you die a normal mother. But I refuse to die normal. I'm writing history. Tell your neighbor I'm writing history. Tell them again. Tell them I'm writing history. Tell them one more time. Tell them I'm writing a story. In the name of Jesus. I have to go down in the pages of books. My children must hear about this. My grandchildren must hear about this. In the name of Jesus Christ. I have a destiny. I have a course. I have an instruction. I have a mandate. I have something on my life. That has to leave a legacy. A posterity. Somebody say amen. Say amen. Somebody say I refuse to die a normal Christian. They must talk about you. They must say something. They must say that in the year 2000, something, a certain woman existed. A certain man existed. Such history was there. But there was a reason why Charles Parham was mentioned. William Seymour was mentioned. L.E.W. Kenyon was mentioned. Maria Woodworth Etta was mentioned. Amy Semple was mentioned. Yes, there were many revivalists. But those ones had to be known. Smith Wigglesworth had to be mentioned. Who else? Catherine Kuhlman had to be mentioned. Uh, Kennedy Hagen had to be mentioned. Yes, there were many other preachers who were good pastors in their homes. And they raised wonderful home churches and they are in heaven. But there are other people which went exceptional. Tell your neighbor, that is me. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say in the name of Jesus. He says. Give me Isaiah chapter 4 verse 2. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 2. 2. He says in that day. The branch of the Lord. Are you the branch? He says I am the vine you are the branch right? He says in that day. The branch of the Lord. Shall be what? What shall it be? And what? And it says, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely to them. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Give me the NIV. He says, in that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors. In other words, the land will yield fruit to us with pride and glory. Uganda will respond to you in pride and glory. It will excel. Give me the amplified, I think. Yes. 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 The fruit of the land shall be excellent. Your ministry will be excellent. Your marriage will be excellent. You'll be a minister who is excellent. The fruit of the land shall be excellent to you. You receive excellent people. Like me now, I'm a pastor, right? I only receive excellent people in Fanero. <laughs> what about people who are not excellent? Those ones are for other pastors also. <laughs> so, are you meaning you don't welcome poor people? No, you see. Listen. I don't care if you don't have money. 
but I care if your spirit is poor. I have to preach it rich. I cannot pastor poor spirits. No. The gospel is to the poor that they might be rich. You might not have money, but when the seed of greatness is pumping inside you, you're the one I want. If you're that way, you can come as you are. Even if you come with nothing, I'm okay. Because I know what to work with. There's a seed inside you. There's a treasure in earthen vessel. For a time only, the excellence of power will be of the Lord. So it's not what is outside you. It is what is inside you. He says the fruit of that land shall be excellent. When you do business, it will be excellent. The land will say, I have to give you excellent business. When you start ministry, the land will say, I'll give you an excellent ministry. The land will yield its fruit and substance. But just not fruit and substance. Over kind, excellence. It shall be glorious. It shall be a pride. We are building something in our land. Where people are going to come one day and say, I'm proud of you. You'll hear those words coming out of people's mouths saying, I am proud of you. I'm proud of what God is doing in your life. I'm proud of what God is doing in your ministry. I'm proud of what God is doing in your education. Your marriage is a pride. Your career is a pride. It's a pride. Your children are glorious. And they're a pride. That's our story. Next verse. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem, he shall be called what? Why? The Bible says, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. And it says, and when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. You see what judgment and, burning, judgment and, burning and fire are to this creature. They only perfect you to purge all filth and wash away. Why? Because you're not baptized in Moses. You're baptized in Jesus. They were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea. And they failed to please God in the wilderness. They were overthrown. Sometimes the overthrow is because of the baptism. The overthrow was in what they were baptized in. Because by the law, the Bible says no flesh shall be justified. They were baptized in what could not justify. That means there were men under the law. They could not be, they, could, they had to be overthrown in the wilderness because they were under the law. Their covering was Moses. Clouds were there, but their covering was Moses. They drank from Christ himself, but there was a covering. Moses. Why? Because he's the one who smashes the rock. They accessed Christ through the law. And the Bible says they were overthrown in the wilderness. Hallelujah. They were overthrown in the wilderness. The other thing I have realized about this robe, the mantle that was speaking about, 
it also borrows the definition of vine. You remember when Christ says, I am the vine and you are the branch? The Christ of the New Testament dispensation becomes the ultimate cover. He is the one we are cast on and have put on. He says, you have put on the new man. <laughs> you have put on the new man, which has been renewed in what? In knowledge after the what? The image of God. Hallelujah. After the image. He has a certain acorn. You see, let me, let me, let me, let me share something. Colossians 3.10, yeah? He has put on a new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let me share something for Bible scholars. This is for Bible scholars. The word image there is acorn, right? The very likeness represented. When you're dealing with the first man whom Jesus died for, yeah? the first man whom Jesus died for, he needed to relate with Christ not from the image acorn likeness experience but from the character because they were dealing with the moral character of man the purging of sins sin was a moral issue you understand? and that is why the Bible calls him the express image of the invisible God you remember? How he's called the express image of the invisible God. He says, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty. Now, when you're talking of the purging of sins, you realize the word therefore, image is not a corn like in Colossians. It is character. The old man has the character issue. The new man doesn't have a character issue. The old man was crucified and he died with him. Are you hearing me? So, it says when he died, we died with him. That guy who sinned, God, Jesus died for, took away the sins of that fellow and he still died with him. The resurrected man is a new creature. He says that if a man is born again, he's a new creature, a new creation. Behold, the old is past and now the new. And he says that all things are of God. That new man understands the blood differently from the old man. It doesn't mean that the blood has lost its power. But every time he remembers the blood, he understands it's for the old man. The new man is not patterned after blood. The new man is patterned after the life of the spirit. He says, for now there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. For the law of the life-giving spirit in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. That man, he, he, he has received the result of the blood because the life is in the blood. Out of the blood, he extracted life. He's not talking of the Jesus which was nailed at the cross. He's talking of the Jesus which is seated far above all principalities and powers. Above all dominion. That Jesus who knows no suffering. Who is not disadvantaged. Who is not afraid. Who is the owner of all things. Who has overcome all things. Above. Not higher. Above. 
He's not in the rank of principalities and powers. He's above free principalities and powers. That new man relating with the life in Christ. In him was the life. And the life was the light of men. And that light shined in darkness. And darkness comprehendeth him not. The Bible says he's the true light. That light of every man that cometh in this world. Not the light. The true light that lighteth every man that was made from this world. Did you get it? It is the true light to every man that cometh in this world. Not every man that comes from this world. He's not talking about the first Adamic. The man who they formed out of dust. No. He's talking about the man from above. He says that the first man is of the earth, earthy. And he says, and the second man is the Lord. Hallelujah. From above. That is the mystery of 1 John 5.20. Herein we know. Herein we know. 1 John 5.20. The Amplified. 1 John 5.20. Hey, tell everybody, no. <laughs> he says, and we know. Tell everybody, we know. That the Son of God. Give me the Amplified. We know that the Son of God. He says, we know that the Son of God has actually come to this world. And has given us understanding and insight progressively to perceive, to recognize and to come to know better and more clearly whom, him who is true and that we are in him who is true, in his son Jesus the Messiah, and he says this man is the true God and life eternal <laughs> this man is the true life The fine Jesus becomes our covering. Not men anymore. Jesus is our covering. Even when Paul is speaking of that imitation, in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, imitate me. Even I say, what? I imitate Christ. Go from verse 1. He says, pattern yourselves after me. Follow my example as I imitate and follow after our covering. I am Christ on earth because I carry the covering of Christ, the Son of God. When I was in Gombe says, let me tell you a story. When I was in Gombe says, we used to have a, a, a deputy headmaster who knew almost all kids. Hello, you Obi's from Gombe. I know, we come from far. You remember a guy they used to call Casita? Casita knew everyone. He was the, 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 the deputy. But there were, there were times when he didn't know you, but he knew your father's name. One time I was walking, I don't know what I was doing, and he wanted, I think, to send me somewhere. So he saw me, he couldn't remember who I was. I'm called Grace Rubega. My father is Matovu. But he looked, and he started to enter, he started to pull my name, he failed. He said, Matovu, I turned. <laughs> Why is it that if you call me a Matovu, it's okay for me to answer? <laughs> <laughs> How much more? <laughs> he says he are gods of which the scriptures cannot be broken. You are when when Satan looks at you, he sees Christ. He doesn't see Obo. No. 
He sees Christ. Because you are not the character of God. You are the express image. Helper. You are the express image. Sorry, you are the image. You are created in the image. You're not just the express character. You don't just behave like Christ. No, you have the nature of Jesus Christ. This man is taking us somewhere. Why is he saying? That's why I say Christ on earth. Because we don't take his place in heaven. Otherwise, we would worship ourselves. We would worship ourselves. But why do we worship him? It's because we bear his image. We bear his nature. As he is, so are we. Hey, this is love made perfect. That we might have... And I'm preaching scriptures, by the way. I'm not speaking anything outside scripture. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, how is Jesus? So are you. Is he anointed? You are anointed. Is he glorious? You are glorious. As it is, so are we in this world. As it is, so are we. So are we in this world. Tell your neighbor I'm the Christ enough. Because I ascribe to the Christ seated far above all principalities and powers. He's on me, in me, above me, through me. That's why I say this man is a true God and life eternal. Not me. You read the Amplified. He says this man is a true God. The true God. This man who believes these things is the true God. Because you and God are one. That they might be in me and I in you. That we might be one, that the world will know. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm one with the Father. Does Jesus fall sick? Refuse to be sick. Is Jesus poor? You are not poor. As he is, so are you. It doesn't take his place in our heart. Some people think that it means that we don't know him. That he's the Lord of our lives. We do. We know him as the Lord of our lives. But we also share his image. And we are not sorry. <laughs> if you bear the image, you've put on the new man, like Colossians says. Huh? Which has been renewed after the image of him that created him. After the image. That means when Satan looks at you, which image does he see? Beyonce. Which image? That is why demons don't leave. Because they see you, Nakafero. And they say, Jesus, we know. Who are you? <laughs> you carry the image that means when you're laying hands on a sick man the devil sees Jesus 
healing the sick. Why is this so hard for some people? Some people think that when you say that, you're not going to worship him. Now, you're calling yourselves gods. No, no. We are gods. We are not calling ourselves. The only difference is, the only difference is, um, we are not sorry. The only difference is, we know that we, we carry the nature of gods because we subscribe and are sons of God. If you look into my passport, I am Grace Lubega Matovu because I'm a son of Mr. Matovu. And I'm not sorry. When they call Matovu, I answer. Because it's my father's name, his genes are in me. Why should I be sorry? And I say that he are gods. Je- Jesus says, and I say that he are gods. <laughs> This is Jesus. He asked the question. If, read John 10, 35. He says, if he called them gods, and to whom the word of God came, not the word of God dwelled in. I tell for you the word of God dwells in you. But if the word came to some people, and he called them gods, hallelujah. And the Bible says, and the scripture cannot be broken. What does the next verse say? Read. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. No, no, no. You're, you're, no, no, up there. Uh-huh, that one. What is let's go? Uh-huh. What's wrong with you? Isn't it written? Am I saying something that is not written in your law? He says that gods have come in likeness of men. He didn't say men have come in the likeness of gods. No, he says the gods have come in the likeness of men. <laughs> hey, uh! <laughs> I love Jesus. Tell anybody I love Jesus. And I'm not sorry. For by one spirit we are baptized into one body. By one spirit we are baptized into one body. And then you say, we are the body of Christ. Then they say, Jesus! Then you don't look. (laughs) But you are one body. We are the body. Brethren, we are the body of Christ. He says we've been baptized. We've been baptized. We're not just borrowers of... No, no. He says we've been baptized. First Corinthians 12, 13. First Corinthians 12, 13. What does it say? 12, 13. One, two, three. Let's go. For by one spirit... We are all what? Into one what? Whether we be what? Banyankore O. Bachiga. Whether we be bound or free... And have been all made to drink into one spirit, which is the body of Christ. We are baptized. That means we are immersed in. We are one and the same with this body. We are, when they want unity, they say, we are the body of Christ. When you tell them we are God, they say, ah, I'm not God. You see, 
What's wrong with you? You fear that if you call yourself that, you will not worship him. No. No, no, no. You still know that you call yourself that because you're a child. You carry his gene and nature. You're his seed. Be comfortable to be gods in this world. In this world, we are gods. In this world, we are not just normal men. We are gods in this world. Why? But you call him king of kings. Who are the kings? <laughs> Isn't it so? Why are you sorry? Oh, the Fanero people, they call themselves gods. Is it not written? <laughs> it's because human beings are trying to preach the gospel, our gospel. They're trying to interpret the gospel of the gods. <laughs> the Bible says we have an altar from which they have no right to eat because they're not born again. They need the spirit to understand that we are one body. We are the body of Christ. If I slap Apostle Emma right now, if I slap his cheek, you'll say he slapped Apostle Emma. Because I slapped a part of his what? Hey. If I twisted his arm, you say, hey, Apostle Emma, but who is Apostle Emma? Is he the physical guy or the guy inside? So why is it that when they break his hand, it's him? They said, don't touch me, me, don't touch me. Even when you remember the persecution, Paul, on his way to Damascus, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my people who are born again? Jesus. When they attack you, they attack Jesus. When they speak evil about you, they speak evil about Jesus. So, in persecution, it's him. In glory, they separate themselves from him. They say, ah, I don't deserve your glory. Your glory is up there. You will not share your glory with another. That scripture is glory with another man. You're not men. You're not men. You're more than men. You're sons of the Most High God. If you understand, what will kill you? What will fail you? Sin, disease, you overcome all. Because you know who you are. Somebody say, I know who I am. Say it again, I know who I am. Say one more time, I know who I am. Our ministry is simple. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 11, 4, it says that the head of every man is Christ. The covering, the covering, the covering of every man is what? Christ. Verse 3. And the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ. The head of Christ is God. The head of Christ is God. 
And then they tell Jesus, show us the Father. He tells them, look, if you have seen me, you have seen His head. The Father is the head of Christ. And he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, they come to you and they tell us, show us Jesus. Sumba. What's happening to me to be here? No. The head of every man is a what? Yes. The head of every woman is what? The man. Isn't it? Now, if you are married to Maweje, your Anita Komzumi Maweje. If you're standing somewhere and then they say, Maweje, you just took no and then you say no. They are calling my husband, not me. <laughs> humility <laughs> listen that is why he says very clearly very very clearly that in the fourth verse he says if every man praying or prophesying preaching or doing this having his head covered dishonoreth his head every man preaching or prophesying or praying Having his head covered. Who is his head? Dishonor is what? Christ. That means when I'm preaching in church, I just uncover Christ. My pulpit will grow. My ministry will increase. The moment I remove Christ off that pulpit, I dishonor him. And sometimes we preach traditions and other things which are not our head. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Wow. Do you know why they were overthrown in the wilderness? They were covered and baptized in Moses. You're baptized in Christ. You will not fail. Tell your neighbor, I will not fail. I cannot fail. I don't fail. Nothing will fail me. He says, thanks be to God, which always causes us. Always. always. Even your next victory is on the way. What is making you cry right now? In a few minutes, it's going to change. Always. Always. Do you know what it means to just wake up? And... You smell victory. It's smelling. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, baby, we you're gonna be carved. In the name of Jesus, you're a victor. Tell your neighbor, you're a victor. Tell them you're a victor. Tell them one more time, you are a victor. In the name of Jesus. And that's always. Come and raise your hands right now. Speak in other tongues. 
within me than the one which is in the world. As a steed, so am I. I bear his image, his likeness. That's what acorn means. The likeness that attributes to the degree of the nature. You're like him because you carry his nature. You will not fail. In Jesus' name. If you are sick, you've been healed. How many of you sickness has left? Put up your hands straight. Came with a pain, came with an affliction, you feel it is gone. Put up your hands. My God. Put them straight like this. My God, look at all of those. If they were to testify, would not live here tonight. Now, give me only two minutes for the souls. Two minutes for the souls. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, those of you who are here, you're not going to regret. We are born again and we are happy. So repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died and rose again. I believe that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm born again. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.